Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. I'm your host, Marco D'Angelo, joined with my partner in crime, Vegas Runner. This is segment one. We are going to take a look at what's hot this week in the news in the sporting world. We've got three topics. We've got the Big 12. That's all everybody's been talking about for the last week. Tom Izzo. (laughs) We've got Tom Izzo. He was offered the Cleveland Cavalier job. And what's that mean regarding LeBron James? We'll dissect that. Let's start things off first with the Big 12. I mean, what a crazy week that we had this week where, you know, Nebraska, you know, announces they're, you know, they're moving to the Big 10. That was big. Not the Big 10 anymore because there's more than 10 teams. Uh, they made the decision. They didn't, you know, waver. They were out the door. That came uh, last Friday. We're actually taping on Wednesday, the day before Game Seven of the NBA Finals. Then we had Colorado accept going to the Pac-10, and it looked like Texas. The rest of the, almost the rest of the Big Twelve was moving Elsewhere, to the yeah. Pac-10, um, and then in a you know almost an eleventh hour savior. Uh, the, the commissioner was able to get a deal and kept Texas in the Big 12. And once they secured Texas, you know, the rest of the dominoes fell back into place and the Big 12 you know, was saved. Now, there's a lot of people that you know, are speculating that this was all just a ploy uh, to get that big TV contract for Texas for the for the Big Twelve, you know, to have a Big Twelve network, uh, get the money for those schools. Because you know, here's something that I heard was absolutely staggering. You know, for years Notre Dame has been that independent in football. They don't want no conference. They say we don't need nobody. We have That's, NBC. Yeah, and all the money that they make. So if I told you who made more money last year. Notre Dame or Indiana University? You would think Notre Dame with their big contract and being on TV on NBC weekly, but the Big Ten Network has blown up. Has blown up to the fact that... And I'm sure the a, revenue sharing is the, a lot better. The revenue sharing is, is right for, across the board. I yeah, mean, it's everybody exactly. that's in the conference, which meant Indiana got a check for $22 million last year for the university because of the Big Ten Network contract. Notre Dame not getting $22 million from, you know, No, NBC. no, exactly. So, you know, that tells you the strength of these TV contracts. And as we said, everything comes down to money. I mean, that's what the world is. The world is money. and It's a business, it's a, man. As much as it's athletics, we know better. And we know that it's it's a business. Sports, college sports is a business just like professional sports is. And I think Texas staying was, was good to keep them, uh, that conference, strong. They're going to miss Nebraska. That's huge, I think. No one cares about Colorado. <laughs> Colorado could have went to the whack. Tell, me how, you, tell me how you really feel. I mean, feel. come on, let's talk like it is. They're not going to miss Colorado too much. Texas would have been devastating. And Nebraska... Is going to hurt. 
with Texas staying, you know, they'll be able to take some of that blow away. But I think it's, you know, getting that television contract, like you said, I think that was the bluff. We want a network deal in place or we're going to go find money yeah. elsewhere. And, you know, they got what they wanted in the end. Rumor has it that they're looking at a contract similar that's going to end up being, you know, around $20 million. So it looks like everybody got, everybody got what they wanted. Everybody's happy. And, you know, sometimes you just got to pay the piper. Colorado you know? figures with USC not competing in the next <laughs> 10 years. We got a shot. Over yeah. There. Will they, will they take the Buffalo all the way to California? I, and, and, I you think know? so. I, I, you th- they have to, yeah. don't they? Got to take them to the beach they and that. To. They you know? have to. Uh, we'll see what happens. But that's... Sunglasses uh, on. <laughs> you know, make sure you get the sunscreen. Hey, that was the first part of it. The, the next story of the week... Even bigger, I think. Tom Izzo. Now, let's stop for a second. Tom Izzo is probably one of the most electrifying coaches result-wise. Underappreciated. But he flies so far under the radar. He has taken so many Michigan State Mediocre teams that just fly totally under the radar, and all of a sudden, they're in the Sweet 16, the Elite 8, and, and there and you go many, there at the how Final many Four. Of those players are pro stars. Yes. Unlike, you know, some of your... Kansas's and, and Kentucky players and even Duke players, North Carolina mm-hmm. players. How many Michigan State players are stars at the NBA level? So that tells you what kind of coach he is. And he was really considering the position. You don't take that long to make a decision if you're not seriously considering taking the position. To me, one statement came out. I don't know if you got to see his press conference or not, but when he, you know, at Michigan State, right. when he announced he was staying, all the, you know, bunch of players, you know, both current and former, you know, came up on it. When he took the stage and got in front of the podium to, to start his speech, the players came up one by one, single file. Looked like the scene out of Rudy whenever the players are bringing their jerseys. You know, they came one, you know, and they're all, you know, giving them the, you know, the chest bump and everything. And he said that he got a call from Magic Johnson. And I think this tells the whole story, both for Tom Izzo and for LeBron James, which is the second part of this. He told Izzo, do not feel guilty about going and and listening. You've worked your whole life to get to this point to have people tell you how good you are and how badly they want you and how badly they want you. Get on that plane, go enjoy the moment and make the decision that's right for you. And all of this, you know, conspiracy theory people are saying now that Izzo turned it down because he knows LeBron's not going there. Yeah, and Izzo's saying he didn't even speak to LeBron. Mm-hmm. He spoke with his handlers and some friends. I mean, uh, he said the right things. Even though it's a lie, obviously he spoke to LeBron. You're going to have to speak to LeBron if you're going to consider the position. Right. But he wanted to get all the attention off of him because it would have been, okay, you spoke to LeBron, you're not going, does that tell us that he's not coming back? So for him to be able to separate himself from the situation, he did the right thing. He said, I'm declining, and I did not speak to LeBron. He, I think he did say the right thing, even though we know he spoke to LeBron. No. That's obvious. 
Now, going, moving to LeBron, and, you know, Tom is a great coach. Uh, I love him. He turned he's down good, he, a, a lot of money, double what he made, and he's such a, a coach that loves a challenge. I, I think there was a part of him that wanted to take on that challenge of the NBA. Absolutely, and, but we have seen there's been many college coaches that, yeah, that, that, bond, succeed, that bond sure. at that level. we got about a minute and a half left, so moving to LeBron, here's my take. Just what I said about Tom Izzo, and what Magic Johnson told him, don't feel guilty about letting people tell you how good you are and how bad they want you. I think he did talk to LeBron. I honestly think LeBron James doesn't know what he's going to do I yet. I agree there. But I think LeBron James will be back in Cleveland. But I think LeBron James and his ego, and it's human nature, he wants to be wined and dined. And let everybody throw the offers out there. The 2010 season still going on, my friend. Yeah. There's no reason for him to jump out and make so any decisions. Don't, don't read anything into Tom yeah, don't Izzo. Don't go running offshore to bet LeBron ain't returned. Right, because, you know? Le, because Tom Izzo turned the job down. I still say, and I'm predicting it, LeBron James will be a Cleveland Cavalier. Not an Ohio season. State Buckeye. He no. still has eligibility. <laughs> he wants to wait to the pros. If he can't win again in the pros, go to college. Maybe. But he'll be, he'll be a Cav, but... He's going to play the market and let this drama play itself out to the fullest. God bless him, dude. I would, too. I'd sit back and be like, what are you going to offer? Hey, you know, when your contract's up. Fly me around in the corporate. Let everybody wine and dine. Exactly. There you go. Who wouldn't? That's it. He's Vegas runner, and he's also telling you, show him the money. Hell yeah. (laughs) I'm Marco D'Angelo. coach. This has been a sports betting preview podcast. You can check out all of our videos and podcast at iTunes. Go to iTunes, search pregame.com, and check out at pregame. We've got a new feature. You can go to pregamepodcast.com and see all of our podcasts and videos all hubbed in one place. So this is segment one. We'll be back with segment two. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. Welcome to This Week in Vegas, A Better's View. I'm Marco D'Angelo, joined with Vegas Runner. As we do each and every week, we talk about what's going on in Vegas, what's happening with VR and myself. And I'll tell you what, there's really only one thing to talk about right now. It is, we're taping on Wednesday. Oh, boy. Thursday's Game 7. Oh, boy. That's it. Game 7. That's all the, That's you know, all anybody's Vegas. talking about. I mean, even though there's a lot of excitement with the World Cup, when they, there's a Game 7 in the NBA Finals, it takes center stage above all else. And being Lakers-Boston, there's no two more story franchises exactly. in exactly. basketball. This the is NBA what it's all about. Like, Woo! Rain on me, baby. <laughs> Rain on me. Well, you know, we got we felt like we got cheated in the early rounds. Exactly. Because it was 4-0 sweep. 4-0 sweep. I mean, the one round, three of the four were sweeps. Like that. Done. And like, here we are, here, mid-June... Mm. And still have a basketball game to bet. That's awesome, dude. But then, you know, it's kind of bittersweet because... You know it's over. You know that it's like we go into quiet time. Even it's yeah, still baseball. And there's but still it's, that, like I said, the World Cup. So there's a little extra excitement, you know, for at least a few more weeks. But from All-Star break till... Even before the All-Star break, actually, until college football kicks off. Preseason football kicks off. 
It's just baseball, and, uh, you know, volume's low. Let's tell it like it is. Yeah, I mean, people, you know, some people take a break, but I'll tell you what, there's no reason to stop. We've got some hot, hot cappers at pregame. Uh, you know, check them out. And one thing that we've got, we never had, before, you know, we didn't have this in years past. We've got so many daily shows. You know, we've got Dan and Mike. Yeah. we got Gil yeah. Alex's show, and, you know, We've got our video podcast each week. We got stuff to keep, you know, give you that sports fix. Oh, yeah. Till we get to football. And I'll tell you what, come football season this year with all the shows we've got lined up, you know, doing videos. I might be dragging you up here twice a week all to the do projects. stuff. Yeah, I, you know? I, I love it. Either that or it. you'll have us live at location at some, Absolutely. some, some places. I, you know, I don't Enjoyable. know. Yeah. Uh, you're going to try to get me divorced in my first year. <laughs> no, 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 no. Never <laughs> I like Lori too yeah. much. Okay. Also, want to tell you guys that we've got a new feature at pregame. We're going to be talking about it on all the segments this week. But you know, we've put all of the videos and podcasts and everything. Everything's hubbed in one yeah. spot now. You can go to pregamepodcast.com and you'll find all of the shows, all the current shows. And the good thing now too, the way we've archived everything. If you go to a Capper's page now. Like if I go to Vegas Runners page, on your page, all the podcasts or videos associated with you are going to come up on your homepage. Stuff that's current, so guys, you know, if they're a fan of Vegas Runner, yeah. So if you want to, if you want to just listen to a particular capper, you can find them now. That's awesome. And there's a drop down on the pod, the pregame podcast page where you can search for a capper. If you, you know, if you want to hear about, you know, some buffets in Vegas, you know, search for sure. Marco. You'll find them in that. Sure. But let's get, you know, let's get into the meat of it. Game seven. This is a situation. Um, we're going to have a podcast where we're going to actually oh, break, yeah. you break down. Watch that. Yeah, we're going to actually going to have two segments uh, on the podcast breaking down Celtics Lakers Game Seven. But for you and me, VR, um, we're sitting in a we're in a catbird seat. Yeah. For Game Seven tomorrow night, and it was a great situation for us. Now we did it in different ways. You got down on the Lakers right off the get go. You know, I think you got down at minus yeah. 180. Yeah, yeah. Well, right when the series, I found 170 for myself, but most people got 180. And I really thought there was a ton of value because of this exact situation. I honestly, and we talked about it beforehand, did not expect an easy series. Mm -hmm. I joked around. Uh, there was no way I didn't think this one goes at least six. Mm -hmm. Knowing that, I knew it would get back to L.A. Because of that, I could already foresee... The opportunity to earn was going to be there. And that's the only reason I was willing to lay that kind of chalk. Yeah, I want to I cash my series ticket. That's the reason I make a future bet. Right. But I also make a future bet trying to think two or three steps ahead and making sure this future bet, if it doesn't cash, will at least put me in a position where I could turn a profit off it. And I had that opportunity by getting down on them before the series started. And now, like you said, in the driver's seat with plenty of options. That's what my Morning Moves newsletter was on today. The different options we have. You brought up an, a, a position that was available to betters before Game 6 started, which put you in the same position as I'm in, only better because you didn't have to lay 180. Yeah. You could have laid between 110 and 130, which is what it went off at right. before the game started. 
I got down it right before game six. I, I made my bet yesterday. I made it in the morning. I made a large bet on the Lakers to win the series. I really was shocked that they, because of the money they were holding on the Lakers and such, that they would do what they did, and they came out with it, you know, 110, 120. Right. I got 120. I took the Lakers, and my position was this. If you like the Lakers in game six... Why lay six and a half or minus three twenty, three forty, three thirty? Yeah, three thirty on the on the money line when you could bet them for the series, which gives you the Lakers to win Game Six. Now, obviously, you don't cash. You know, I, I haven't made a penny yet. Right. But now I'm sitting going into Game Seven. I've got the Lakers at minus one twenty. It. And they're going to go off on the money. Yeah, you have the Lakers at a pick 'em for Game Seven. That's what it boils right. down to, and you have a pick 'em. Minus 110, 120, you got down early. And now, to get that same ticket, you're going to have to lay at least 340. And I think the money line is going to go up a lot higher because, because of the, injury. The, the injury and because they're going to have such a liability already. All these favorites that going off today, Yankees and, and St. Louis, teams like that, they're already being parlayed with the Lakers' money line. People did that. On Monday, they've parlayed San Francisco Giants. They parlayed St. Louis Cardinals with the Lakers on the money line for Game 6. So the books already had an ex- exposure on the Lakers' money line. They're going to have the exact same thing going into tomorrow unless all these minus 200 favorites lose tonight, which I highly doubt. Yeah. And because of that, they're going to be forced to up that money line posi- uh, price even more. So you got a minus 120 at a minus 360 380, who knows what it's going to go to by tip-off. That's as good of a position as you could be in. You could take the seven and and hope for a middle. You could take the money line and not even watch the game, know you're going to make money. There's so much you could do. Or you could say, you know what, I have the total best of it. I lay in 120 on a minus 380. I'm not going to give up my position. I mean, there's nothing better than that. And as betters, enough betters, recreational players don't take advantage of things like that. They don't approach it, Marco, like it's a market. And that's what this is. Set yourself up for profit. Don't just Absolutely. look at today's card and today's board. You forgot one other option that, that I have as well. If I really decide that I like Boston in game seven, right. I can come in and bet one and a half times what I have already on the Lakers at a mo- on the money line, take the Celtics at seven, which I would only be in essence risking a half a unit to win for two and a right. to possibly win two and sure. a half sure. if the Lakers win, but don't win by more than seven. Brother, I set myself up with these things all year throughout. Um, unfortunately, technology doesn't allow me to be able to help my clients do it every single day. But I'll tell you now, and I say it in my morning moves. I do it with baseball series wagers, three-game series wagers. I do it every single day. I look for betting opportunities like that because this is nothing more than a sports betting market. So you invest, and you can't just look at today. That's right. the bottom We're line. We're going to discuss trying situations like this, getting the edge on the Vegas books. They always have the edge. The, the Vegas house sure. looks for the edge all the time. Any game you play in a casino, they have an edge. But this is how you turn the table exactly. on the book. Exactly. And that's what we do. Hey, this has been a great This Week in Vegas. 
He's Vegas Runner. I'm Marco D'Angelo. You can listen to all of our podcasts at iTunes. Just go to iTunes and search for pregame.com. You'll find all of ours. Download and listen. Listen in the car on your way to work. Because remember, guys, knowledge is power. The stuff we're giving you, you're just not finding anywhere else on the net. We've done this for a living our entire lives. Soak up the knowledge, guys. This is segment three. I'm your host, Marco D'Angelo, joined with Vegas Runner. We're going to take a look. Game seven, Boston Celtics, L.A. Lakers. It doesn't get any better than this. It is Wednesday. We're taping the day before game seven. We just witnessed the total annihilation in game six by the L.A. Lakers. VR, watching the game last night. What were your thoughts as, as the game was unfolding, and were you already rapidly thinking about Game 7? Yeah, I think I was, because uh, to be honest with you, that's exactly the type of game that I expected. Um, what we've seen throughout this season, series is this. Only one team is bringing it each night, the intensity. We have not yet seen a game where both teams are bringing 100% intensity for all 48 minutes. Lakers brought it in game one. They didn't in game two. They brought it in game three. They didn't in game four. You know, and, and Boston brought it in game five. They didn't in game six. We have not seen both teams bring it. And yesterday from the onset, you knew Lakers set the tone that they were bringing it. And by halftime, you knew Boston had given up, and nothing supports that fact more than Doc Rivers, when questioned, is your team going to be able to get over being beaten down that badly in a 48-hour period with only one day in between? And his re- response was, we were already starting to get over it after halftime, as if there was no one on our bench who it was thinking we're going to win game six. They were already themselves looking ahead to game seven. So I was as well. I mean, and it was just a matter of playing out the minutes after that. L.A. dominated. And when, when Kendrick Perkins went down, I mean, people don't understand. You're not going to get points out of this guy. That's not why he's on the floor. He's on the floor because he's one of the top five, top five centers, if not top three, in all of the NBA. He leads the Lakers in rebounds. Blocks and field goal percentage. Lakers need to dominate the paint. They need to dominate the boards with their size. They have not won or covered a game in the last 10 to 15 that they haven't won the rebounding battle in these playoffs. So when Perkins went down, that more or less put the nail in the coffin as far as Game 6 is concerned because it takes Boston out of their rhythm, out of their game plan, and now you have at least a day to know he's not going to play. They're saying he's doubtful. Anyone that knows about that type of injury says it's going to be extremely hard for him to play. Most likely he will not be on there. But they have he, won't have, he won't have the mobility. No, that, that but they have a day to at least plan. Yesterday, I mean, when they took over for him, it was zero points. Right. You know, his replacement did nothing. Sheldon well, Williams, zero points. I mean, you know, the, you, the you bench did, the bench did Wallace, nothing. zero points. So, you know, that was, you knew what was going to happen by halftime. It was just a matter of, of, like I said, the clock expiring. The Celtic bench did absolutely zero yesterday. And they had outscored the Laker bench in every game so far. But last night, 
just total reversal. Now, in watching the game on my side of it, you know, and again, when you're watching these games, you you got to watch. You can't have blinders on. You can't get wrapped up and bias and bias based on what you've got going sure. in that game. Um, I agree with you 100%. You saw it from the very first loose ball where you see guys running and diving on you know the hard court to, to get a, a loose ball. I mean, the Lakers were a half a step faster yeah. to every loose ball last night. They were laying it off, and they were the team that was cornered, the rat in the cage, so to speak, it was win or it's done. Yeah, and that's why I wasn't surprised they put out the highest number since then. Because in the series, because Boston's a veteran team, they know there's a game seven. They're an older team. You're not going to give your all your energy when you find yourself down 18 points right. to try to make a, a monumental comeback. You already have to prepare yourself for the next game. So... This, if anything, you know, who's going to benefit from that? Because the Lakers didn't have to give 48 minutes of effort yesterday. You know, uh, Bynum isn't going to have that swollen knee because the guy played 12, 15 minutes. Right. You know, so he didn't exist. They were, they were icing him down in the second exactly. half. Exactly. So here's a team that, you know, the Lakers, did, even though they, they gave so much effort early, they didn't have to keep that intensity to hold 48 to say they're shot now. That's what why this Game 7 is so interesting and why I think we're going to finally see a game in this series where both teams bring 100% from start to finish. There's nothing left. And we're going to find out who's the better team. This is like a Super Bowl, an all or nothing. And looking at the line, they bring out seven. Nobody wants to come off that seven. Um, So far, books, from what I'm hearing, getting that balanced money once again, like they have all series. Every game except, you know, obviously because of the Lakers in a must win, you you got more money. But it has been a very evenly bet series the the whole way, except for the total. Right. And even though every game has gone under, just the the, the betters, the betters keep taking you know the over. And I don't think even they're doing it, Marco, because of the do. Because there's a lot of sharp betters I know that that like the over. I I I know guys like this don't bet because something is due. No, you know. But what's happened in these games, and we talked about before we come on air, is both of these teams are capable of putting up 30-point quarters. Yeah. Up 30 points apiece, I'm talking. Yeah, yeah. Instead, we've had some quarters where they've put 35 combined. Yeah. Look what, at the start of yesterday's game. Tell they, me that wasn't they, on pace for an over the first all, six, eight minutes. They've all been that way, where they come out of the gate, they're hitting everything in sight, and you say, okay, here's, I mean, this thing is going to blow by the total. These guys are on fire. They're, they're in a rhythm. And why would you take yourself out of that rhythm? If you're moving in transition, you're getting those open looks, you know, with the outside shot, why, Why slow it down? Yeah. But they do. They, they constantly do. And again, I think it keeps coming back to the fact, and if you look, and this has been the one thing that's been a constant for the Celtics, the ends of quarters throughout this series have been horrible for the Celtics. Yeah. They don't score. The end of the second quarter last night just sealed any opportunity. Any chance they would Any chance that they would have had of a run in the second half. They were stuck on 29 Forever. You know what's funny? When you look at any of the timeouts and they put the camera in the huddle, both coaches are saying the same thing. And 
intensity. You need to increase your intensity, guys. Kick it up a notch. That tells me this is no longer about the X's and O's. These two teams have met 13 times over the last two seasons. You're not going to come up with a play, I think, that's going to surprise the other team. No, You've already came up with every type of scheme on offense and defense against these of it, your opposition by the 13th game. You know what I mean? So now it does come down to intensity. And I think we've seen that throughout the series, that the team that is willing to bring it has won and covered, you know? The, the point spread hasn't mattered. And that's what makes Game 7 so intriguing because you know both teams are bringing it. Right. And we haven't had that yet. All but one game. In this entire series, has been seen the zigzag in yeah. full effect. Game five changed game, that. Game five changed that, and, and I know you know I was on Boston in game five, and it was a game that I felt because they won game four, but they won game four, and you know I, you've heard me say this phrase a million times. They won ugly. In the public, they didn't dominate. The public will. Di- that's the game where the the bench come in. He pulled the starters. Yeah, yeah, yeah You know, yeah. and they were like, Nate Robinson, yeah, Robin what, What's they can't do that again? They needed, you know, they needed a miracle from the bench to win that game. Right. And the public, you know, went to the Lakers side, and I said, no, that ugly win will get the job done. So you know what. The starters are going to have to show up. The starters get Boston needs KG. Lakers are going to need Kobe. I mean, I mean, I think they're they're going to shine, and they're going to need the rest of the supporting cast. Hold that thought, because I'm going to cut you off. We're up against we're up against the break, but we got too much stuff to talk about. We're going part two. We're playing two today, so we're going to have part two of Game Seven. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with another segment on the Lakers-Celtics Game 7. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. It's segment four, part two of the NBA Finals. Game we 7. Game 7. We had so much to talk about in the first segment on this. This is the second we, half. We've second half, guys, so... Uh, if you're finding us on uh, YouTube, there Hope is a you part enjoyed one. The halftime show. <laughs> there is a part one you want to check out. Uh, VR. We've said, you know, we've talked about the intensity in the in the first uh, segment. But what I've taken from it, and you're dead on it. One team's. It's appeared that one team has wanted it more. But what I found. Is I agree with you on that end of it, the hustle part. One team has shown more, but every game where a team has won, there has been something out of the ordinary that has happened. Um, you go to game two, okay? Game one, it was Lakers. There's so much history on home teams in game one of a series. Blah blah blah. Lakers did what they're supposed to do. They took care of business, held serve, so to speak. But in game two, Ray Allen. Ray Allen went off. All those three-pointers, you know, it was something that, you know, the Lakers obviously were not prepared for. Nobody figured, you know, Ray Allen, he's, you know, as old as dirt and to be hitting the shots the way that he did. And he single-handedly carried the Celtics to a win in yeah, game two. Sure. Then you go back to Boston in game three and... 
as good as he was in game two, he was an absolute non-factor non-factor in game three so much to the point that he was a detriment to the to the Celtics because he shot away from breaking a record missed everything he put up and it set the Lakers up for the win so you had that out of the ordinary scenario then we go to game four reserves baby Davis Boston was struggling this looks like the series is going to be over if the Lakers go up 3-1 it's done get the fork out Put a fork in them. Celtics are done. What happens? Doc Rivers pulls everybody off the floor. Nate Robinson goes Bring, Brings in the Big bench. Big baby. Brings in the bench, and they go off. And they had the highest scoring quarter of the whole finals. So nobody saw that coming. Then we go to game five, and we finally, there was a Paul Pierce Moment, yeah, they, yeah. There was a sighting. Paul Pierce. You know, I had to check threes, man. I, I had to look. check the. I had to check the roster, my program, to make sure he was still on the team. He was because hot. we he had, we had not game. seen him the entire game. And in that game, let, let's you know, we know that Game Six was a route for the Lakers. If Kobe Bryant doesn't start the third quarter, scoring the first seventeen points for the Lakers, shooting three pointers from three, four yeah, feet yeah, beyond. Yeah. The arc and you know, fall away jumpers just they're blown out of the building as ugly as last night, right? Exactly. But now you look at game six, and I have one thing to say, and there's no way that you could have gone into the game and told me that in the first half, which let's face it, forget the second half, this game was decided midway through the first quarter. In midway through, you know, to the, You're to right. the half. Nothing supports that more than the winner of the first quarter has won every game. And when this game was in the heat, when they opened up, they went back and forth till they hit like the 16 mark, and then the Lakers got separation. Ron Artest mm-hmm. went off, nailed three Finding his shot, baby. Three three pointers in the early going that got the Lakers going. Now how if, if fifteen points for our test. Right, but he got the nine yeah. at the at the part of the game they needed that, it most, yeah. That, that got the separation. How do you, you know, how do you game plan for Ron Artest having a, a night like yeah, that? Exactly, exactly. So, you know, Watching the game, you definitely got to say this. You know, you'd say, "How can it not be a blowout in Game Seven? You've got the history of Game Sevens. Teams. Just- Last team to win was the Washington uh, against Seattle SuperSonics when like 1985. So we're looking at what 25 years of not a team being able to win a Game Seven on the road in the NBA Finals. And. I'm quoting this off, uh, you know, I'm not 100% sure on this number, but I'm I'm 90% sure. I think um, I saw a stat, Game 7, whenever there's a four seed or lower involved, the home team's 15-3 and three straight up last yeah. 18 times. Uh, so it's just, it's a situation where all the history is definitely... Lakers to win the game. Lakers to win the game. But, you know, now you've got the injury, you know, for the Celtics. The line is definitely pumped up. And, you know, the one thing I'm going to say to be careful on, and I have not decided what I'm doing in Game 7. I mean, either. I'm not going to lie to you. I still need a lot of handicapping to do. Because, you know, as we talked about in our This Week in Vegas segment, both you and me 
are sitting holding large holdings on we have the Lakers for series bets. Yep. You had yours early. I had mine late. So we're sitting there with the Lakers just to well, win. Lakers pick them tomorrow night. You know, we can either sit, we can hedge off half of it to Boston, or if you really like, if you end up liking Boston, you can come back and go over the top and, you know, bet, you know, one and a half times on Boston because you still have a middle possibility. And if you like Boston better for the game, then, you know, obviously you want more than you got on the series price. So all kinds of opportunities. But there's one thing I've said for 30 years. You've quoted me several times on it. It's my one of my favorite sayings. Remember, no team is as good as their best game. Sure. And no team is as bad as their worst game. And in game six, we, we saw, saw last night. And the worst of both. Right, sure. Of both teams last night. You know, again, we've seen it in earlier series during these playoffs where a team just got the the doors drilled a second time. Yeah. You know, it, it happened in Atlanta series against We've Orlando. We've, We've seen, seen it happen. Sweeps. But this is a series that's shown us all the way through that neither team has hit the panic button when they had a bad outing. Funny how the point spread hasn't come into effect at all. No. Any anywhere. And will it come into play? In Game 7. I mean, that's the million-dollar question. Because I'll tell you what. All the history says Lakers should win the game straight up. Right. You know? So do you lay the 7 since the line hasn't come into play? You know? But then on the flip side, if you bet Boston... Now, do you even need the seven? Or do you, you're going to bet, if you like Boston, do you play them on the money line? I can tell you this much. Because of all of the Lakers series money that's out there, they are exposed if this game falls one to seven points. Oh, yeah, because all, all most wise guys uh, are going to take the middle. Yeah, it's a seven point middle on a championship game, and it right. might even go higher. Right. You know? Now, we're, we've got like a minute and a half left. Before you forget, we got to give a coupon. Oh, that give it away. So we'll do that and we'll come baby. back. Uh, it's a $10 coupon. Go to Pregame Pros. Check out all of the hot cappers we have. And, guys, we got some really hot cappers right now. Check them out. Anything you put in your shopping cart, if you add the word, since it's the championship tomorrow, we're going to go with Champ 10. There's going to be a champ crowned tomorrow. Yep. Just type in the word Champ in the number 10, and you'll get $10 off your purchase in VR. If it happens to be a $10 pick, drinks are on the house. Drinks are on the house free on Picks RJ. Are on the house. What, what could be better? So write it down. Champ 10, that's your coupon for this week. Going back less than a minute, what do you think? I, I, I do not think we're going to see, obviously, a, a blowout. Throughout the game, it might stretch into one them last two minutes because we all know how teams like to stretch out the game, especially when it's a final game. So a four game, a four point lead could turn into twelve very quickly. The one thing I do believe it or not feel is that we're going to see more points scored than we'd seen the last game or two. That I'm not sure if I'm willing to bet the over, but I do not think we're going to see as low of a scoring. As we we haven't seen, and I'll wrap it up here. I mean, all these games have been under, but I'll tell you this. We haven't had one of those games like we've had in other series where you get that two minutes where they score 
20 points exactly. at the end of the game because they're fouling constantly from the two-minute mark and teams are, are putting up quick twos. We haven't or, seen that. We haven't seen one of those, and this total keeps coming a little bit lower, a little bit yeah. lower. So just beware of that. Hey, guys, it's going to be a great game. Enjoy it. Enjoy it immensely. I know I will. Vegas Runner will. This has been the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. Be sure to check out all of our podcasts at iTunes. You can download and listen at your convenience. Just search for pregame.com. You'll find us. Talk to you guys next week.